The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right, everybody, it is Thursday. April 20th, 2023, it is indeed a heck of a morning. We are live on the MMA Fighting Twitter spaces. You can hear the show start to finish in its entirety shortly thereafter on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. Hello, I am Mike Heck. Hope everyone's having a great week so far. We are on the eve of Bellator 294. We're on the eve of the eve of Bellator 295. And UFC Vegas 71, we're on the eve of the eve of Gervonta Davis versus Ryan Garcia. Lots of influencer boxing shenanigans. There's a lot going on in the combat sports world this weekend. So we're here to talk about it today. And we're going to talk about it on BTL as well. Jose Youngs is going to join me. Jed is off. Everyone else is either traveling or on vacation or doing a whole bunch of stuff. So to make life easier, including for our producer, E. Casey Lydon, who is in Las Vegas for the Davis Garcia fight week, we're going to do a fan Q&A. We're going to throw it back to the A-side live chat days on BTL, and we're just going to answer questions the entire time. So 12.30 p.m. Eastern, you can join us for that, and it should be a lot of fun. Today, we're just going to do what we always do. We're going to turn it over to you guys. And we're going to talk some combat sports. So, Tristan, kick us off, my man. I don't hear you, Tristan. Not off to a good start. Hopefully it's not on my end. We'll try to get Abs Wally in here. How are you doing? I- Good. I hear you perfectly. Yeah, so um I just got three questions I wanna ask. Um I'll keep I'll keep them short and simple. Um regarding the co main event, is there po- is there still a possibility they wanna, you know, do the Bala Muhammad events fight or they're just gonna move on and based on the incentive that the tickets are already um selling out. Um also uh between Prime Tyrone Woodley and Colby Covington at their very best. Who do you think would have won that fight in 2018? And my final question is, 
how do you see the fight between Curtis Blade and Pavlovich playing on Saturday? That's all I have. Have a good day, man. Thanks, man. Uh, as far as 288 goes, I guess we're going to probably find out pretty soon, right? I don't know if they're going to save it till the card on Saturday to announce it, but I think they're going to put something on this card. I don't know. Gilbert Burns is teasing a bunch of stuff. Bilal seems to be teasing a bunch of stuff. Uh, Paulo Costa has been teasing some stuff. Uh, I heard that there is a little bit of smoke to having Paulo on the card. Um, I heard some names that were being thrown out there. Uh, there were talks about, you know, they were only going to put Paulo on the card if both fighters could make 185. And it didn't seem feasible for some of the options that were presented to Paulo. I'd be stunned if Paulo can make 185 at this point, despite what he says. He called out Jan Bohovic. That would be an interesting one. But I just don't know if they have enough firepower to replace the greatness of Oliveira versus Darius. I just don't know if the intrigue is there. I don't know if the name value is there to at least match Oliveira with either of these guys. But I don't know. I expect the UFC to sort of put something together. But I don't know what it's going to be. We might have to wait till Saturday to find out what it is. Uh, as far as uh, the Colby, Colby in his prime against Woodley in his prime. Like when, when Colby won, it's hard to say. When Colby beat RDA and won the interim title, the time to make that fight was then, and it didn't get done. Seems to be more on, I don't know, depends on who you ask why that fight didn't happen. But uh, I would have picked Colby to win that fight at that time. And, you know, unfortunately we had to wait a year or two too long to actually get that fight. And we all saw what happened. Colby dominated him, got a doctor basically an injury stoppage late in the fight. But I probably would have picked Colby if they fought when they were supposed to fight. And main event on Saturday, it's a tough one. I'm leaning Curtis Blades. But this fight ain't going to the cards. If Curtis does, Curtis, I don't know. Sometimes Curtis goes into these fights and he's like, well, everyone's saying this guy can outstrike me. Watch this. And it works sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't. Worked against Chris Dawkins, did not work against Derek Lewis. And if Curtis Blades goes in there and tries to prove the pundits wrong, then he's going to get slept in this fight. But considering where he's at in this division, I don't think he's going to go and approach that fight in this way. So I think if he gets one takedown, he's just going to beat the hell out of Sergey Pavlovich and stop him. So we'll know... We'll know pretty quickly how this fight's going to go. If Curtis shoots a double and can't get him down, there's probably going to be some uh-ohs for the Curtis Blades betters. But I don't think he's going to have a, a, a hard time getting Pavlovich on the mat. We've seen Pavlovich struggle with his back on the floor. Alistair Overeem was able to do it, and this is not Uberim Overeem. I know it was a while ago, but we just I haven't seen enough from Pavlovich to feel like he's he's sharpened those tools. But again, his fights only last like 60 seconds, so it's hard to tell. But I am leaning Curtis Blades. I think he does get the fights to the mat, and I think 
If he does, the fight's going to be over pretty shortly thereafter. But if he can't get him down, then Pavlich is going to knock him out. But I just don't think this fight's going very long and someone's getting got pretty quickly, in my opinion. Let's see if we can get Tristan back in here. Tristan, do we have you? Hear me? I got you now. All right, yep. thanks. Um, I want to talk um, about Julia Pena. Um, I read over the article what she's saying. She's like, I'm carrying this fight between her and Amanda Nunes. And I guess it's just Julia Pena being Julia Pena. And I just, and I get it. She, she probably is doing this because if she didn't, she wouldn't get the title fight. Because I just think the women's bantamweight division is not great, and no one has really set themselves apart. I mean, even Nunes was thinking that she was going to fight Ariana Adana, but she's going to be fighting uh, Raquel Pennington. So, and this this also I got to put Muhammad Makayev into this too as well. Is you you have to be impressive. Like you can't just be like well, I, I'm going to go after the top five or I'm going to demand the title shot, which I understand you should you should be doing that. You know, you should try to get, you know, a title shot any way you can. But, you know, Pena didn't look – Pena lost to Amanda Nunes, and she got dominated. Muhammad Makayev didn't look great in his last fight. He almost got submitted. And, he, you know, he's going out there calling Brandon Rovell. Rovell was just like, come on, come on, we're not doing this. You know, and it's all about how impressive you look in that octagon. Then you could talk whatever talk you want. Like, because he's really good, and he's beaten the best of the best. Izzy could say whatever he wants and talk the way he wants. Unfortunately, we, we lost it, Tristan. You were breaking up like crazy. Um, but I think I know where you're getting at here. Um, first thing I'll touch on is the Juliana Pena thing. Yeah, I mean, technically she is carrying it, but when has Amanda Nunes ever carried herself as, like, the A-side in a promotion outside of her skill set? Amanda's not a big trash talker. Yeah, I guess Juliana kind of carried it because no one really wanted to see this fight to begin with. I think we've... We got all our answers in the second fight, but unfortunately, this is kind of on the UFC, if we're being honest, because they stack the deck on some of these cards, and unfortunately, some of these cards have to suffer, this one being one of them. I know June is okay. We got the title fight, which is not great, if we're being honest. Amanda's probably going to be like a minus 600 favorite in that fight. We have Wonderboy, Michelle Pajeda which again is not done yet. Um, it has been agreed to, but it is not done. Uh, there are some I's to be dotted and some T's to be crossed, I am told, before that fight is official, but it is not official yet. It's not official. We haven't even put it on the web. Even though we know it's been agreed to, we haven't even put it on the website yet. And there's reasons why. It's not done. Uh it's just not. We got Chris Curtis, Nasardini, Mavoff, which is a fine fight. Potentially, 
Let me pull up this uh, this 289 card and just see what it kind of looks like right now. I know there's there's rumblings and rumor and innuendo about Charles Oliveira, Benil Dariush being on that card. That is not done either. Danny Egan, Nate Lambert's good fight. And then the rest of it, we get Jazz Devizius, Miranda Maverick. That's fun. A lot of Canadian representation, as there should be. Eric Anders, Marc-Andre Barrio. Uh, we got Diana Belbita versus Maria Oliveira. Blake Bilder versus Kyle Nelson. Matt Schnell, David Dvorak. Hakeem Dewadu, Lucas Almeida. Eamon Zahabi, Arichi Lang. So that's 12 fights, 11 and a half. More like 11, because again, Wonderboy, Pereira isn't done yet. Oliveira, Dariush's further away from being done than that fight. So that car needs help. And Payne is sort of carrying the load, but Amanda's not a big trash talker. She doesn't do it. The only fight that Amanda Nunes really ever carried was the Ronda Rousey fight because Ronda didn't talk to anybody. And Amanda was sort of the focal point of all the, the media because Ronda didn't talk to anybody. She didn't show up to media day. She didn't do anything. So Amanda sort of had to carry that, but she didn't even really need to because Ronda was the A-side anyways. All the questions are about Ronda. How will she bounce back from the Holly loss? You know, could she beat Amanda Nunes? And a lot of people weren't giving her a great chance to win that fight. I know I didn't. And then the the Makaya thing. Man, he is... I like Muhammad a lot. I've... I'm very high on him. I still feel he has the potential to be a two-division champion. I really do feel that way. He is super young. He is very experienced. But, man, he just... That killer instinct that we saw in his debut, it's just kind of gone away. And I know it's in there somewhere, but he needs to find that. And he also needs to be smart about his callouts. I get the Roy Val callout, like, after his debut... But now, like, that makes no sense. And then Royval just kind of dusted him on social media. Ruined his damn day with, with the retorts. Mahayev just needs to get a fight, get a rank guy, go in there and see what he can do. But even his last fight, was a, it was a tough matchup stylistically for him. So, I don't know. If I'm him, I'm just taking my time at this point. I know he wants to fight in July. I'm sure the UFC will try to get him on the London card, maybe International Fight Week. But if I'm the matchmakers, man, I'm just like, chill out a minute. Get hundred, get as close to 100% as possible. We'll, we'll throw you on the Abu Dhabi card or something. Give him, a, give him a rest and see if he can heal up. Because the worst thing he could do is take another tough fight where he's a minus 800 favorite and not look great. I know he got to show some adversity with with – that horrific arm bar and all of that. And he was able to come through and get the win and that got him over a little bit. But before that, that he wasn't all that impressive. He's got to be smart with these calls. There's no way Brandon Royval is going to take that fight. And I loved, I actually loved the last line. Stop pretending like you don't see Hadley's tweets. Go fight Jake Hadley. Go fight Jake Hadley. That's, that is a tough, that's a tough fight for him right now. Go fight Jake. There's beef there. There's heat. You want a tough fight? Go fight Jake. I think that's the fight. 
And that might even be too soon right now from a high after what I've seen from both guys over these last couple performances. But yeah, the Roy Val is just, that's like Bilal calling out Usman after he beat Wonderboy. Makes no sense. Four Corner Sports, hello. Hey, so I did see that tweet, and I'm like, $38,000 is nothing for Brandon Roybo. Like he said, he's in a fight for six figures, and he 10 7 him with that tweet. You know, like there's no way and there's no reason Roybo should ever even consider fighting Muhammad Mahayev. I mean, I think Muhammad Mahayev needs to. You know, like you said, slow, slow build them. I think Jake Hadley will be the excellent, you know, litmus test for him. But um, I wanted to ask you. So I saw um, you ended up uh, saying that it's targeted Nasruddin Imamov versus Chris Curtis. It that's not uh, nothing has changed since you um, posted that, correct? Well, the UFC, the UFC announced the fight like thirty minutes oh, later, okay. but from from when we reported it. Uh, I was told by three different people uh, on both sides of the table that uh, the fight's been agreed to, but the contracts weren't weren't sent out yet. Okay, all right, fair enough. Um, I, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Okay, I, I, I could see that happening. I was gonna ask you, how do you see that fight turning around? Um, just because Imamov ended up fighting Strick, um, Strickland in January on that the first um, event of the year, um, on also with Curtis, um, I, I would feel like it's a quick turnaround in my opinion. And um, I know you mentioned about um, Curtis Blades, you know, the, you're picking him, but my whole thing is um, Sergey Pavlovich, from the times that we have seen him, you know, build up to, like, this monster knocking out Ty Tuivasi, knocking out um, Derek Lewis. I just feel like his game plan or whatever his uh, coaches are strategizing is just to blitz these opponents which are, which is allowing um everybody to see you know his fights end within a like a sixty second range, so I want to know like do you think that's gonna be able to um withstand you know uh, until he gets a title shot just because you're not seeing a long you know like film of him you're just seeing that he punches really hard he can knock anybody out but maybe what's it called if uh, Curtis Blades is able to Locking um, a double leg, you think we'll be able to find out more answers on uh, Sergey? And lastly, I wanted to ask you for this um, this boxing fight between Ryan Garcia and Javante Davis. I know Casey's going to be there, but I wanted to know from you what do you think is going to happen um, in the fight? Do you think um, Garcia's going to um, get the knockout? Do you think Davis is going to get the knockout? And what's your opinion on both these two um, putting their purses on the line? And lastly, do you think the Celtics go for the, the sweep? I know they're facing, I think, Atlanta on Friday. All right, thanks, Mike. Uh, yeah, I think the Celtics are going to sweep the Hawks. Uh, the Bruins were not fun to watch last night, I will say that. Um, they have not played well. Even the, even the game one when they got outplayed. Uh, they got out-physicaled. And Patrice Bergeron's skill set isn't where it once was, but his presence was missed in both of those games. So hopefully he comes back in game three. I, I do think the Bruins will get hot. And I mean, they've had some stinkers and then they would win 10 in a row. So I'm not really worried about it. Uh, they did not play well at home. They're still able to escape with a win. So I'm okay with that. 
And the Celtics are just going to beat the brakes off the Hawks, so it doesn't really matter. Um, Imovov, the, the courtesy of Imovov, look, Chris Curtis fights like every, I think the stat that Aaron Bronsetter put out was he fights every 83 days. So this is like right in the wheelhouse for Chris Curtis. He is a very active fighter. And I think it's, I think this is a fun fight. I think it's a fun fight. It's a good bounce, attempted bounce back fight for both guys. And the UFC matchmakers are just like, hey, if this guy fought Sean Strickland and, and won or lost, let's just throw his teammate in there to, to be the next litmus test. I don't know. So, I mean, Curtis's team and Eric Nixick and crew over at Extreme Couture, they prepared for Nasser Dini move off already. It wasn't like a long training camp, but I feel like Curtis is going to do a lot of the same things. He's just going to just approach Nasser with volume, volume, volume. I think Nasruddin's best best trait is trying to get this fight to the ground, and Chris Curtis is nearly impossible to take down. Uh, so I do think Chris Curtis has a very good chance to win this fight. Blades Pavlich, look, you're right. Pavlich just has that that death touch, but when he is preparing to fight guys like Derek Lewis and Tai Tuivasa, there is zero fear of a takedown, none. Those are two guys you're going to go in there and you're just going to swing until somebody falls down. It's not going to happen with Curtis. Curtis has that takedown threat and as much as powerful and as skilled on the feet as Sergei Pavlovich is, it ain't nearly the skill set that Curtis Blades possesses with that, with that wrestling and that grappling. Because Pavlovich is not good off his back and I think if Curtis gets him down once, he's just going to elbow the crap out of him until the fight ends. So I could be wrong, but I feel, I feel pretty good about picking Curtis in this fight. I think Curtis is going to fight smart. This ain't Derek Lewis. This ain't Tai Tuivasa who are not even going to think about trying to take Sergey down. Curtis blades is going to try to take this man down as quickly as possible. At least that would be the smart thing to do. We have seen Curtis get got a couple of times, but it's all about Curtis. If he just goes in there and fights the way he's supposed to, he's going to win. But if he goes in there with, a point to prove, like, hey, I could stand with this dude. That's a terrible idea. That's a terrible idea. Davis Garcia, I look at, like, it's such a close fight. Like, I think this is a, I think this is closer to a 50-50 fight than the odds indicate. Right now, I'm looking at the odds. Javante Davis is a pretty big favorite. Minus 245, Garcia plus 190. Garcia is the longer, taller fighter. He uses his range really well. Peppers with volume. And Gervonta is kind of a body shot murderer. He's really good at getting inside and getting to the body and, and landing powerful shots. Both guys have knockout power, but both guys have not even fought even close to the type of fighter they're going to face on Saturday. So there's a lot of questions here. I lean Ryan Garcia because I, I, I look at it from a betting perspective. I'm not going to put a, a dime on it, but if you're giving me Ryan Garcia at plus 190 in a fight that I think is closer to 50-50, then I think the value's on him. But if Gervonta went out there and knocked him out in like the seventh round, it wouldn't shock me. And if Ryan Garcia knocked out Gervonta Davis, it wouldn't surprise me. Both these guys can friggin' crack. It's a great fight. I'm very much looking forward to it. But I think the value's on Garcia here. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. 
and new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Uh, let's go to Sivaram. Hello, Sivaram. Sivaram. Hi, Mike. <coughs> how are you doing? Hello. Yeah, how are you doing? Good. Uh, yeah, I have three questions for you, Mike. Uh, uh, you got any uh, insider info or uh, like a guess that uh, which are more like to be uh, featured as a co-main it? Is uh, Belal versus Burns or Burns versus Dustin? Or is it going to be someone? And the second one is, uh, who you got on this weekend? Uh, is it Plavovic or uh, Katis? I mean, who you're, who you're going to support? Uh, and the third one is uh, that I'm hearing that uh, Volk is going to fight uh, Islam again. And in uh, September in Dubai, Abu Dhabi. So, what do you think about that? Uh, because I think um, Islam didn't really uh, defended his uh, belt on this lightweight division until now. So, and uh, is Volkan Volk versus Aries already agreed to fight, or uh, is it in the talks, or is it? Uh, Volk is straight away going to fight this um, on, uh, in Abu Dhabi in uh, September or October. And what do you think about that? That's it. Uh, so I I don't think Volk is fighting Islam in October. I don't think it makes any sense. Volk already has a fight. He's fighting Yair Rodriguez. Um, it's all but done. Probably going to be the main event of International Fight Week. So I just don't know. Uh, and we don't know what's going on with Benny Dariush, and we don't know if that fight with Charles Oliveira is going to happen. What Benil is saying is that he's planning to fight Oliveira June 10th. That's the fight that was he was approached with. It's not done. Uh, if it doesn't happen in June, if for some reason Oliveira can't get there, the UFC said he was. they promised him a title shot. Dustin Poirier is in play, like I've been saying for a while. Um but I don't know. I don't think it's going to be Volk. I don't think it's going to be Volk. The only way it could be Volk is... I mean, if that card just isn't great on paper, but when they go to Abu Dhabi, they usually bring absolute bangers there. So I would say highly unlikely that Volk gets that fight unless it's a there's a fight on the books and there's an injury and Volk steps in on short notice and takes the fight. But it's either going to be Darius or Poirier, in my opinion. And we'll see how it all plays out. So I don't think that's going to happen. I'm picking Curtis Blades to beat Sergey Pavlovich. And 
As far as 288 goes, I have no idea what they're going to do. Could be Burns Muhammad. Could be Paul Costa, Jan Bohovic. I don't know. I don't know. Everyone, this is kind of like this 288 main event spot. It's like the coaches for this upcoming season of The Ultimate Fighter. Every fighter on the roster is like, I was approached to be a coach on The Ultimate Fighter against this guy. And then it turned out it was Connor and Michael Chandler all along. So I kind of feel like this is a different sort of variation of that where everyone's like, I'll be the co-main event, but we don't know what's true and what isn't. So I bet by Saturday we'll know. They'll probably announce it on the broadcast, but maybe we'll know sooner. I don't know. But I don't know what they're going to do. We'll see. Average Avenues, hello. Hello. How you doing? Good. What's up, man? I've just got a really quick one for you. What do you think? Um, what 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 is the potential matchup for the loser of this upcoming main event? That's all I've got. Everyone, have a good day. Take care of yourselves and peace. It's kind of tough to say, honestly. But my guess would be that the winner of this fight will win the Jailton Almeida sweepstakes after he probably beats Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Because John and Stipe are going to fight at MSG. At least that's the plan, according to Dana and according to John Jones. I'm sure Stipe ain't going to complain too much about headlining MSG and potentially his final fight against friggin' John Jones. And honestly, I don't think either of those guys are going to fight Curtis Blades or Sergey Pavlovich. So... I don't think either of these guys gets a title fight unless John wins and walks away and just says, I'm done for now. And they vacate the belt. And then maybe you do Jelton Almeida versus the winner of this fight for the vacant title. I don't know. And whoever loses, kind of tough to say, really. Probably taking a big step back. Let's go to Emilio. Yeah. What's up, Emilio? Yo, what's up, Mike? Thanks for having me. How you doing? Sure. Good. How are you? I'm great. Great, because we've got a good. Well, I, I was gonna say good night of good weekend of fights, but I'm mainly just pumped about the Ryan Garcia against Tank Davis fight. Boxing is truly back. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. Um, my question for you this week would be um, regarding Daniel Zellhuber. Uh, from last weekend, I I don't know, but I got the feeling that even though you guys talked about him a little bit in the post-fight show and whatnot, I felt like his performance wasn't really getting the credit that it deserves, you know, for a 23-year-old in the lightweight division against a seasoned veteran like Lando Venata. I don't know. I mean, I, I get it. Lando has had a tough stretch of fights, but if you look at his record and especially who he's lost against... I don't know. I think that uh, I think that the sky's the limit for this guy, for Zell Huber, that is. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited what he can do because um, he looked he looked good physically for for a 23 year old, you know. Um, and lastly, my second question would be regarding Yasmin Khauregui, Um, If you know anything about maybe her next potential fight, thanks, Mike. Have a heck of a morning. Yasmin Yurigi? Is that what you're talking about? Yes, correct. Oh, okay, okay. Um, not sure. Nothing that I've been told or have heard of, so 
we'll wait and see on that. But whoever it is, sign me the hell up. Because I will watch I will watch her fly like crazy. Zell Huber, look, Zell Huber's a good win. It, it was a fine win. You can't ignore the fact that he got worked by Trey Ogden. Got worked. And it's tough to get that out of your mind. And he look, Lando's a good fighter, but clearly physically Zell Huber was the better fighter, the better athlete. He had all the intangibles. Uh but Lando is just a tough son of a gun. At the end, I, I actually talked to Eric Nixick the other day because um, I wanted to get his thoughts on the Sterling Cejudo fight since he works and does camps with, with Aljo. Uh, we talked about Daniel for a little bit, and basically Eric Nixick compared him to a Ferrari. He's like, oh, look at this, look at this great Ferrari that I just bought. But you don't want to take that Ferrari out and just drive 200 miles an hour right away. You want to kind of like work into that. And they're learning that with a guy like Zell Huber because he's young. He's super athletic. He's incredibly talented. But what they've learned working with him is that you have to keep things simple with a guy like that. You have to keep things simple. You can't overload him with too much information. And that's, Sort of what Eric felt happened in the Trey Ogden fight. They just gave him like too much information, throwing all these different scenarios at him, all these different variations of, of fighting at him, and it just kind of threw him off a little bit. So this particular camp, they kept things a little bit more simple. He said that Zellieber woke up that morning and said that he was going to F this dude up, and that's what led to Eric Nixick going in the corner and be like, hey, what did you tell me this morning? And he said, I said, I'm going to have this dude up. He goes, well, you got to go better go up this guy up now because if you don't do it now, you're going to lose this fight. And it was the right thing to say. The right thing to say. Because Daniel went out, won the third round. So I'm very high on this kid. After talking to Eric Nixick, I'm a little higher on him. And I'm actually really fascinated to see how he looks in his next fight. Because it's about harnessing. When you have a guy that young and that talented, you just want to push this dude to the moon. Like, how can you not? That's why I liked the, the Ferrari comparison. Like, you just want to take that thing out and show it off to the world and just drive it everywhere. But it's not an everyday driver. It's like a Sunday cruiser. You got to slow her down. You can't put 150,000 miles on that bad boy. You want to keep the mileage low. You got to take care of that thing. And I feel like they have something with this kid, and it's just a matter of harnessing that talent in the right way. So I am, I am fascinated to see where he goes from here and what his progression is going to look like. Uh, Patrick, hello. Hey, Mike. Uh, so we got back-to-back Apex cards this week and next week, and I'm seeing the news about four more Apex cards scheduled. Is this just like something we're going to have to get used to as UFC fans, like 5, 10, up to like maybe 20 Apex cards a, a year? Or like, do you think there's any possibility they'll finally get out of the apex uh in the near future thanks mike no i don't think that i don't think they're gonna get out of the apex i don't they're varying away from it a little bit but the problem is if you go to these arenas you have to bring something to the table and let's be honest the hardcore fans love a lot of these main events some of them we don't love all that much but even the main events we love, are they enough to fill an arena? Are they enough to sell tickets? 
And as Ariel has pointed out many times, there are certain areas of the country and of the world that will pay the UFC to come to their town. And the hope is you get paid back with ticket sales and all of that stuff. Is Curtis Blade, Sergey Pavlovich going to fill an arena? Probably not. Is... What is this? Like, are some of these fights going to fill big arenas? I don't know. Like, there's even talks about doing the Josh Emmett-Ilya Teporia fight in Jacksonville, pushing it back a week, but... Is that going to sell that place out? I don't know. Like, it's a great fight. Like, I'm into it. But is there enough people in Jacksonville, Florida, they're like, ooh, I have to spend $100 to sit in the nosebleeds to watch Ilya Teporia fight Josh Emmett? I don't know. And that's a problem. That's tough. That's tough. So, no. I, I think there are certain cards that are in certain main events that are going to be Apex cards. And as soon as they announced Blades versus Pavlovich, you knew right away it was going to be an Apex card. You knew. I loved Armin Sarukian versus Hanato Moikano. Loved that fight. But you can't take that fight on the road because you need to sell 15,000 tickets, and that ain't going to do it. So it's tough. There is value to the Apex. The problem is there's just too many freaking cards and not enough star power to fill said cards. Uh, what does that say? There's some fight rumors coming in. So, yeah, I don't think they're going anywhere. I don't think they're going anywhere. Let's go to Tom. Hey, Tom. Rematch. Peña seems adamant that she can prepare for the Southpaw style. If Nunez elects to go that again. How can you realistically see this fight panning out in the rubber match? Probably the same as the second fight. Um, the only hope that Juliana Pena has, I think, in this fight, and look, she's a dog and she could take punishment. I've said this a million times. Her losing to Amanda Nunes, even though it was one-way traffic from start to finish, it was a compelling ass beating. It was about as entertaining of a one-sided affair as you will ever see. Because Nunez just put the boots to her. And she was tough and she had moments. But in the end, I mean, this was one-way traffic. The hope is that Amanda Nunez is just like, fine, I'll fight her. And just is like, not all that motivated. Because you could sort of see it in the timing of the first fight was perfect. She got Nunes at the right time, which is kind of what led to Jed Mishu to picking Juliana Pena. Because if Nunes is going to lose, Pena sort of has the style that can, can cause problems. You just get right in her face. You take her best shots. You frustrate her a little bit by not being able to get Pena out of there. And then you go back and you do your thing. I don't think Pena is going to fall for that again. But maybe she just is like not interested in the fight and doesn't take it seriously. But at this point... I, don't, I think she took so much away from losing to Pena that she's just not going to let that happen again. So I just don't see a road where Pena wins this fight unless, Pena, unless Nunez just doesn't care. And I don't think that's the case here. 
I don't think this is one of those things where Lightning is going to strike twice. I think, honestly, I'm not saying it's a fluke. It wasn't a fluke, but Pena caught Nunez at the right time, and I just don't know if that's going to happen again. It was a great win. Never take that away from Juliana Pena, but I just don't think it happens again. I think we saw sort of the real fight play out the second time around. YVMZ, hello. YVMZ, are you there? Okay. Let's go to Kovesh. Kovesh, are you there? You're muted, Kovesh. Kovesh. Hi, can you hear me? Yep, I got you, man. How are you? Morning, heck of a morning, Mike. Um, I had three questions for you. One boxing to MMA. Uh, the first one is regarding Haney versus Loma and Ryan versus uh Tank. I feel like boxing enthusiasts are definitely looking at like Haney and Loma as the more impactful fight out of the two. But casual viewers are definitely more excited about Tank versus Garcia. I'm curious about how like a guy like Haney, who kind of looks to be the future of boxing, can bridge that gap and like get over to a casual fan, especially from an MMA viewer's perspective. And then regarding MMA stuff, Blades versus Pavlovich, Blades is so dang good. And in his recent outings, we've seen him box at a much higher level than we've seen him do in the past. Do you think his only route to victory is dragging Pavlovich to the ground and smashing elbows in his face? Or do you think that he can like functionally stand with him? And finally, Nate Landwehr. I think Nate is a train bringing the pain, but I don't think he's good enough to be a champion. Do you think that Landwehr can, you know, use his awesome ability on the mic and his really entertaining style to transition into like a Chael Sonnen type career where he might never hit that top, top mark, but he'll be super popular and last for a long time. Or do you think that he's going to end up being a flash in a pan who's kind of exposed as not as good as his mic skills are? Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. So the boxing question is interesting. I think you have a little bit of a point with the the Haney Loma fight getting a little bit more of the attention. I guess like obviously not right now because you know it's fight week for for Garcia and Davis and everyone's talking about it. I mean we're there too. That's how great this fight is. But I guess for Haney it's just going out there and put on a performance. And I think it's kind of on Loma too to just go in there and they just beat the hell out of each other. And it's one of those things where you call a friend. Oh, you watch this boxing fight? Oh, go order it right now. They're just beating the hell out of each other. This Devin Haney kid's incredible. Loma is Loma. And I think it's just one of those things where this is one of those fights that can sort of bridge that gap. It just depends on how he performs. Now, if he goes out and just gets got by Loma, it's going to be tough to bridge that gap. But if he goes out there and just has a fun fight and wins, I think he gets more attention. And I think this fight's going to get a lot of attention with the Garcia Davis one because everybody's talking about it. People are intrigued by it. People are looking into these boxers a little bit more and looking into their resumes and watching film and watching old fights. And 
I think it's just sort of the build to everything helps too. The promotional tools that they can use to, to get this fight on people's radars because this Davis Garcia fight, I mean, this has been one that's been teased for so long. We didn't think we'd ever get it. And then finally we get it. And the build to it has been tremendous. And I think Haney Loma sort of needs to be the same way. But I think it's a little different because we were hankering for Tank Garcia for so long and we almost gave up on it. And now finally we're getting it. So, yeah, I think it's just the whole build, the fight needs to deliver, all of that. As far as the Blades Pavich go fight goes, I'm more on the yes side that Blades needs to get this fight to the ground. I mean, I think you just have to take the path of least resistance. If he gets Pavlich to the ground, he's going he's gonna to beat the hell out of him. Pavlich is not good off of his back. And I don't think we're going to see the same Sergey in this fight. I don't think we're going to see the same guy who just busts out the door and tries to kill Curtis Blades. This ain't Derek Lewis, this ain't Tai Tuivasa, where there's zero threat of a takedown. He's got to worry about that now, and I'm sure his team is prepared for that. So I don't know if he's going to get shot at like a rocket ship and try to get Curtis out of there in, in less than a minute because if he goes in there and just starts throwing bolos at Curtis, Curtis ain't going to really trade back with him. Maybe he'll throw a couple shots, but he's only going to use that to set up takedowns. So I think Curtis's best weapon, path of least resistance, take him down, and then just beat his ass on the ground. I think that's that's the best way to do it. As far as Nate goes, I don't know, man. He's fighting Dan Ige. I think we're going to get a lot of questions answered. Dan's a great litmus test to see where you're at. David Onama's a good fighter, but doesn't have a ton of UFC experience. Took that fight on relatively short notice. Um, if memory serves me correctly, I could be wrong about that, but they just that was a war. And then he got the Austin Lingo fight and just beat up Austin Lingo. Ige's going to be a good test. Ige's going to be a real good test. And we'll see. If he goes out there and beats Dan Ige and gets on the mic on paper, that's probably going to be a main card fight, or it's going to be in a, a very good spot where a lot of people are going to watch him. And he just says fun things. He's starting to get over. So I think the UFC is giving him this fight for a reason. They signed him to a new four-fight deal. Get him on this big pay-per-view fight with, with a guy who can go, who just loves getting bonuses. We'll see. If he wins, I think the UFC will probably push him a little bit. And if the UFC puts a spotlight on a certain guy that they want to push, they know how to match make for him for the most part. So I guess we'll get the answer to that question more so on June 10th. But either even if he loses to Danny Gay, I think they have something with with Landwehr. And anytime his face and his name shows up on a fight poster, people will be like, yes, Nate Landwehr is fighting, no matter what happens. So I think he's going to have a good career and be a fan favorite for a long time even if he loses fights. But as far as where he could be as a featherweight contender, it's a very deep division. There's a ton of talent here. And if he can go out there and beat Danny Gay, certainly a, a big step in the right direction. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on surprise, the future of work. 
Questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. There we go, IVMZ. I hear you. Hey, Mike. How's it going? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Uh, Two questions here for you. Uh, Had a question on uh, who do you got for Jared Gordon versus Bobby Green? Um, I think uh, Jared Gordon definitely has a lot to prove uh, since his last fight with Patty. So I think that's going to be an interesting one. And uh, my second question is, um, seems like the Saudis are trying to make a big heavyweight boxing match out there. Um, Who do you think Ngannou should fight? Um, so he's not sidelined until 2024. I'm, I'm seeing, um, thanks so much. Well, I mean, I, I talked to Eric Nixick. Uh, he wants the Deontay Wilder fight. He wants the Deontay Wilder fight. So it seems like both, both sides are in on it. Um, but now they're talking about maybe doing Wilder versus Joshua, I don't really have a lot of interest in that fight, honestly. Because I think I was not impressed with Anthony Joshua's last performance. I don't, I don't know. Maybe. And then that, like, if that fight doesn't happen, like, if that fight ends up happening, Francis just needs to fight somebody. Like, just get on, like, does it really matter? Just get on a card. There's so many of these, like, weird, wacky promotions out there that people seem to be really into just get in there and, and box just scratch that itch because you might not get these names that you that you're trying to get right now just get in there and scratch that itch and see sort of see where you're at go fight another i don't know i think he just needs to get in there and box just go box somebody but we know how this boxing stuff works man you know how this boxing stuff works. Headlines come out and people get all excited and then like the complete opposite thing happens. Could be like a a tool to negotiate with other sides and I don't know. But if, Fran- if th- they book this fight for like the end of the year, this Wilder-Joshua fight, then I think Francis needs to go box somebody. Anybody. I don't care who it is. Just go box. Get on a Misfits boxing card, for Christ's sake. Who cares? People are going to watch it. People are going to cover it. People are going to be interested in it. And apparently, they must have some money. So go do that. Scratch that itch and then figure out the MMA thing. Figure out the MMA thing. Because I think that's going to be the really interesting topic here where he signs for MMA. Because it seems like, I don't know. I, I Maybe I'm crazy, but I, I truly think, I think France is going to come back to the UFC. Now we need John Jones to beat Stipe. But honestly, that is the only thing that's going to keep John active is if he gets the Francis fight. Because if he beats Stipe, he ain't fighting Curtis or Pavlovich. 
probably not fighting Jelton Almeida or any of those guys. He's probably should be like, all right, peace. I'm done until somebody really interesting comes along that gets me fired up. So if I'm John, I'm just, if I go out there and melt Stipe at MSG with the world watching, you get on that microphone and you call out Francis Ngannou and you make that fight happen. You say, Dana White, you want to keep me active? You want me to sell these pay-per-views for you? You go get Francis. I'll fight him. I'll give you one more. I'll fight that guy. And even when I talked to Eric Nixick, I said, let's just play this scenario out. Let's say John beats Stipe, calls out Francis. Says, I'm not fighting anybody else. I'm only fighting Francis or I'm done. Do you think there's any chance Francis would come back if the UFC came correct? I know some of the things that Francis wants. Francis already knew he wasn't going to be able to get all those things. But if for some way, reason, they can meet halfway on certain things, do you see a world where Francis comes back? And Eric is, like myself, a forever optimist. He doesn't like to slam the door and lock it behind him. But he feels like if the UFC met him halfway and came with the right deal and it's the John fight, Never say never. But if you want to box, just go box. It doesn't seem like you're getting Tyson Fury or Joshua or Wilder at this moment, but who knows? Maybe the Saudi thing falls through and one of these guys needs to fight. If I'm France, I'm trying to fight freaking Anthony Joshua, but we'll see. CV, hello. Yo, Mike, can you hear me? Yep. Yo, man, uh, just two quick questions. Um, I'm not sure if somebody asked you this already, but um, how do you see the Song Yadong Ricky Simone fight playing out next week? Uh, who you got in that fight? And um, one more thing, not really a question, but more of an observation. Um, yeah, I don't know. If, I saw your tweet about, the, I forgot their name, but basically the, the ex WWE guy knocking out the, the guy from Epic Mealtime. Um, yeah, that, that was kind of sad, to be honest. So I remember watching that guy's videos back in high school. So, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Yes, John Morrison slash John Hennigan going out there and just melting dudes uh, in the boxing ring, influencer boxing, doing influencer boxing things. But he beat the hell out of that dude. Uh, he was on the MMA Hour yesterday, pretty good interview. Kind of tricked into fighting the Epic Mealtime guy. They're actually friends. And Hennigan was saying that when they approached him with this fight, he said no, because he wants to fight somebody he doesn't know. And then the promotion was like, but he said he'd fight you. And he was like, he did? All right, fine, I'll fight him. And it turned out Harley never said that. And the promoters like tricked them into fighting each other, which is pretty funny. Uh, but he beat his ass. He knocked him through the ropes. Um, I thought the fight might have been done there, but... Then we got the brutal knockout in round two, and he called out KSI and Jake Paul, and he's probably not going to get either of those fights, but do you, bro. Do you. Simone Song Yudong is a great fight. Man, I'm so glad it's the main event. I favor Ricky Simone right now. I just think he's on one. And, yeah, I'll go Ricky Simone, but I ain't confident. I ain't fully confident in that fight. I think Ricky's just a freak athlete. 
He's just been in there with, I mean, Song's been in there with some good, some really good dudes too. Man, it's close. Right now, I'm looking at the betting lines. Ricky Simone, minus 135. Comeback on Song Yidong, plus 115. I think the value, at least right now, is probably on Song Yidong. Because I think this, I mean, this is probably a pick em. It's a good fight. I lean Ricky Simone, but I'm not fully confident in that. I'm looking at some of these lines. It's pretty crazy. Sterling Cejudo, uh, full pick em right now. Minus 110 on both sides. Amanda Nunes, minus 625 against Juliana Pena. Brandon Moreno, almost a two to one favorite against Pantoja, which is pretty interesting. Volk, minus 450 against Yair Rodriguez. That fight rules. I can't wait for that fight. But yesterday I spoke with um, I spoke with Eric Nixick about Sterling's side of the thing and, and some other things on Tuesday. Yesterday uh, I was scheduled to speak to Eddie Cha, uh, one of the head coaches for Henry Cejudo, and I got a... I got a duo. I end up getting Eddie Cha and Captain Eric at the same time and even got a, uh, a little cameo from Triple C himself. Triple C walked in, had a quick quip, and then he was out. I wish I had more time with Mr. Cejudo, but uh, they set it up beautifully. So, lots of... There's some really interesting fights on the table right now. Brandon, hello. Brandon, are you there? Just got to unmute. Hey, Mike, you hear me? There you go. What's up, hey, dude? How you doing? Yeah, I got you. Good. Uh, I wanted Good. to ask you about uh, Cyborg. She uh, recently posted on her Instagram. She was at a PFL event, and then uh, she posted saying big fight news coming soon. Uh, is it possible she could be going to PFL and maybe fighting Kayla Harrison? excuse me, on their pay-per-view event. And is it the right time for their fight considering that Kayla just lost and they gave up a title a big push? Can you see uh, maybe that fight happening at the end of the year? Thank you. I don't know, man. <clears throat> Chris Cyborg has me blocked on Twitter for some reason. I have no idea why. Um, I literally have never said a disparaging thing about her. I certainly never tweeted a disparaging thing about her, but I think she's mad that we didn't like cover her last boxing fight like to a full level, but like you couldn't find the boxing fight. Like how you couldn't even really watch the friggin' thing. So I don't know. I don't know what she's going to do. I mean, the, I don't really want to see her fight Kayla right now, especially coming off the loss. But if I'm the PFL, you only got Kayla for, through this year. And if she, you don't, if, if Kayla doesn't fight at all, the contract's still done. There, there's a, there's a timestamp on this contract. So if you're going to get Kayla in there and you have this pay-per-view model, you have to milk that for what it's worth. So I kind of get it from a PFL perspective. If you can get cyborg and put that fight together. Sure. And then Kayla's going to be a free agent. Does she go back to Bellator? I don't know. I don't know what she's going to do. I think those are her two best options. 
I'd love to see the UFC be a wild card in all this, but I would be kind of shocked if that happened. Yeah, it could happen. I don't know. I don't really follow Chris a lot on social media because I can't. She blocked me for whatever reason. But yeah, I could see it from the PFL's perspective. Let's let's try to squeeze any more juice out of the, the Kayla Harrison tree and that's probably the biggest fight they could do right now. I know Pacheco would be interesting, but I mean, Harrison Cyborg is going to do better for sure. I don't know. Chris should just go back to Bellator. It's easy money everywhere. No offense to the fighters, but she'd be heavily favored against literally everybody she fights. Tokala. Hi, Mike. Uh, first time doing this from the car, so I hope you hear me okay. Um, okay. So, uh, Earlier this year, I talked about going on a, um, let's say, a retirement or, uh, you know, toning down in time. And I just figured out, hey, I don't really have the cachet to do that. It was a very Henry Cejudo thing to do. And I, I want to apologize. Um, but other than that, I want to <laughs> I talk a bit about you've mentioned all the boxers. Uh, because we have had Joe Joyce fall through. We've had Anthony Joshua in talks. We've had all that. Listen, there's only, and I know this is an MMA podcast, but I'll just matchmake for uh, the boxers and then that's done because we're going to do Deontay Wilder versus Nganu. I think that's the right fight, just uh, both for Wilder and for Nganu because it, for Wilder, he needs to actually get a... Uh, get a win that could get him to the fight that we know he wants. And uh, Nganu has a puncher's chance against the puncher, which is uh, Deontay Wilder. And then we put the two disappointing, really bad heavyweight fighters who are just apparently at the top of the leaderboard, or uh, so to speak. We put Anthony Joshua against Joe Joyce. Just end it. Like, I, I just don't get it. It's... It's just, you know, just let them fight. I, it's uh, none of them deserve to fight Tyson Fury at this point. Just let them fight and they can figure out who who can actually stay and fight fights that go on pay-per-views. But that's it, Mike. Uh, have a heck of a Thursday. I completely, I, uh, you get my stamp of approval. You get my stamp of approval. Like, why would like I just don't understand why Deontay Wilder would entertain any other idea but fighting Francis Ngannou? <laughs> like seriously, why would you like that should be like your main focus. You're going to get a big bag of money to fight a guy with very little boxing experience. And if it promoted correctly, much like McGregor versus Mayweather, if promoted correctly, you will give the casual audience a reason in some way to believe to, to at least think that Francis Ghana could win this fight. Even though Deontay is probably going to just rinse him and he makes a big bag of money and he gets a win that people are going to be talking about. I just don't understand like why this is, this just seems so simple. It just seems so simple to me. And Francis wants it. I, I don't get it. It just seems so easy. But we say this a lot about a lot of boxing fights or potential matchups, but 
I don't really care to see Wilder Joshua right now. I'm with you. Joshua goes and beats Joyce and while and looks good doing it because Joshua did not look good in his last fight. He did not look good. He won, but he didn't look good. Yeah, do that. And then let Deontay fight Francis and get a bag of money and a, probably an easy win. And Francis gets paid and then he can go back and return to MMA. I like where your head's at, Toke. You may get some Otno points for this. Uh, we will close up with Daniel. Daniel, hello. Hey, Mike. Happy Friday. Heck of a morning to you, man. Um, I'll keep it quick. Happy Friday? Later. Come on now. It's Thursday. <laughs> Thursday, Thursday. I'm I hope. Sorry. Happy Friday, Thursday. Man, it, it's 420 <laughs> today. It, it, it feels like a Friday to me. So, um, Fair enough, I'll, fair I'll enough. Keep <laughs> I'll keep it quick for you. Uh, give me the next just 12 months rundown of the flyweight division. I know we got a title fight coming up. Feels like Brandon Royval just kind of shot himself up there. We got Manel top floating around. Just kind of curious who you think wins the title fight. What do you think is going to be the next one? Just give me the rundown of what you think the next 12 months of the champ's going to look like. Thanks, Mike. Brandon Moreno is going to fight Pantoja. I will pick Brandon Moreno to exercise the demons, get the win. He'll probably fight Brandon Royval. Maybe at the end of the year, if not early next year, I would pick Brandon Moreno to win that fight again. And maybe Menel Cop comes along. But my answer is in 12 months, Brandon Moreno will still be the flyweight champion. I just like he's not, he's just scratching the surface of his prime. And I just feel like, I mean, it is going to be a tall order to beat this version of Brandon Moreno. It's going to be a very tall order to beat this guy. And I think Pantoja stylistically could do it, but I don't think he's going to. I just think Moreno's on one right now. I just think he's on one. And I think uh, you can make a compelling case that Brandon Moreno is at worst top seven, eight fighters on planet Earth right now. I am that high on him. Uh, I hope in the next 12 months, the UFC turns him into a star. Like, they really push him. Really push him. I feel like they're trying, and I think Brandon's kind of gotten himself over in a lot of ways, but I think the UFC could do more with him. Obviously, getting to Mexico City and getting a car to Mexico would be huge, but Brandon Moreno should be fighting... In Texas, he should be fighting in Anaheim. Um, you got to get him over like a star. You got to keep doing what you're doing. The Phoenix, cool when he won the belts in Phoenix, like that was a friggin' moment. There aren't many moments where I'm like, man, I wish I was there for that fight. Because I'm happy like doing what I'm doing. Obviously, we're doing the watch parties now, but golly, when Brandon won the belt. And he tapped Figgy, and that crowd just went ballistic for him. I was just like, damn what a cool moment because i feel like in a lot of ways like i've been on this ride with moreno because i was doing interviews with him you know during his first stint in the ufc and then i was doing interviews with him when he was released from the ufc and when he came back and when he had the draw with figgy like i was doing interviews with moreno like all the time i haven't talked to him in a minute hurts my hurts my heart a little bit 
but Ariel gets a uh, Ariel gets that rub, and I I approve of that. But I I do miss the Brandon Moreno interviews. He's still he's still my favorite in the sport. You give me one give me one guy to talk to. It's it's him. He's just so delightful, and he's a damn good fighter. But yeah, I think Brandon Moreno is going to be the champ in twelve months, regardless of who he fights. So that's it. So quick few announcements. One, BTL, 12.30 p.m. Eastern, a little under 90 minutes from right now if you're in the, the Twitter space. Uh, it's going to be pretty much like this. We're just going to do a Q&A or a little throwback to the A-side live chat with Jose, former host of the show, and we'll have some fun. We'll answer your questions and just keep it nice and loose. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, tomorrow we'll be back. We'll do this again. Uh, we'll have a preview show for the weekend festivities, 1 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. So you join us for that. Uh, there will be a Davis Garcia preview show as well. Not sure when that's going to launch, but I think it's being recorded later on this afternoon. Um, Saturday is just going to be insanity. AK and I will be back for on to the next one on Sunday, and then I'm going on vacay. Going on vacay for about a week and a half. Uh, so we'll try to figure out if we're going to do some spaces here. Maybe AK is going to step in and host them so we can get your questions. We'll figure it out. I will show him the ropes. I don't know if we're going to get podcasts out of it, but, uh, we'll at least get something going. And one more little piece of breaking news. Um, all of you, I know I had fun last year, right around this time we did the MMA fighting 2022 MMA draft where we drafted rosters representing different organizations. Uh, I still, I feel like I won the draft last year. Uh, The people did not vote for me on paper, but I feel like the way the year played out, uh, I think I won the draft or as AK eloquently put it, uh, I, I, I lost the least in the draft. And, like, overall, my draft I thought was pretty damn good. Including Brandon Moreno, who I got, like, as a steal in round four. But what I'm trying to say is, we're doing it again, baby. We're doing it again. Another draft. Uh, We already recorded it, so you're going to get a podcast. Uh, One promotion has been replaced. If you remember the 2022 draft, I think you will you can figure out which promotion is no longer part of the draft. Uh, Write up all that, and I believe everything's going to drop on Sunday. So get excited for that. Uh, We have some new organization, new same group of people, but now we're all repping different promotions. And uh, this is a lot of fun. This is a lot of fun. And I can't wait for you guys to to check it out and hear it and make sure you vote for me for having the best draft because I feel like I got some steals and some absolute savage value for my draft picks and we extended it to seven draft picks per person this time so gonna be a lot of fun AK with a thumbs down AK I won even though I will say this spoiler alert I'm not gonna tell you who it is but AK had the the draft had had the pick of the draft he had the pick of the draft and he upset a lot of people with one of his draft picks and I loved it so much so stay tuned for that on Sunday But back here tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern, we'll do it again. Have a great rest of your Thursday. Have a heck of a morning, everybody.
You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.